0: Broadcasting live from the middle of America, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Covering local market data, news, and reports to arm you with information you need to empower your investing and strengthen your American rights. Top Realtor, investor, father, and veteran. Here is your host, Landon Witt. For more information and to listen or watch online, visit okcrealestateshow.com.
1: Welcome to episode 96 of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. On today's show, we have J.W. Peters. He's the president and co-founder of Solar Power of Oklahoma. We're going to be talking about a little bit of controversial topics spreading around social media. But first, new feature coming to the show, the Ask a Question link on the website if you've got a question, you can ask that on OKCRealEstateShow.com slash ask. This question coming out of Southwest Oklahoma City. He says, hi, Landon. I'm a fan of your OK Real Estate Show. I came across the property. I came across a property, and I'm wondering if you could help. This home is for sale by owner. I've not scheduled an appointment with the owner yet. But the major concern for me is financing. My credit score is a high 750." I have a job, but I'm to make the down payment because I own a house already. Ben, that's a great question, and I'm glad you asked it because I know there's a lot of people right in that facet of trying to buy a rental property and trying to increase your investment, and you don't quite have all the cash, and I would say Five years ago, that was probably okay. But in today's political, you know, rent lockdowns and eviction moratoriums, you need to be very careful if you're in that situation and you're and you're just skidding in on the on the one landing gear missing and you're touching down, barely able to buy your rental property. That is a disaster waiting to happen. And the reason why is because you are essentially buying a business, and that business is renting properties to consumers, to customers, to renters that are going to rent that property. And you need to think of it that way. This is not a stock. This is not Bitcoin, Dogecoin, whatever you want to call it these days. This is a commodity commodity that has a human being integrated with it with tons of laws. Now, a lot of the laws are favorable tax treatment, but a lot of them also can get you in a bind. So for Ben, I would say definitely wait until you get more of a security blanket, especially in the 2021 housing market, where we're not sure how the eviction moratoriums are going to continue to work. If your tenant can't pay the rent, now you're paying your primary mortgage and your rental property mortgage, and that $100 a month that you thought you were going to get off the investment, all of a sudden turns to thousands of dollars a month going out the door until nobody knows. Nobody knows right now when they're going to lift the eviction. So, uh, Hang tight on that. Again, if you've got a question, okcrealestateshow.com slash ask. Fill it out. I'll read it on the air or just email me. No big deal. On to our guests, J.W. Peters, we spent, what, a week and a half in Arctic blast here, a disaster of which most of the cold countries call winter. For us, it was a natural disaster. (laughs) And I saw all these posts where people were just dogging on wind and solar. I mean, you know, Aren't you glad we got coal now and all these different things and, 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 uh, you know, pictures of solar panels with ice and snow on them and making all these claims about how, you know, it's, it, you know, it failed. And, uh, JW, I want you to tell us a little bit about what's, what happened there, what's going on, you know, first, you know, kind of tell us where you're coming from on it and then, uh, you know, make some comments on it and let's get into this. Is solar applicable in 2021 in residential homes?
0: Yeah, so I think it definitely is. The, the thing that, that people need to understand, um, especially about, about us, is that we're not against oil and gas. We're not against the utility. We're not against coal. We're not against the pipeline. We actually, we got into solar because we saw the financial benefits of it. So for us, it was, it was an economic decision. It now costs less money to create your own power than to buy it from the utility. So people need to understand exactly kind of what that means and how that works, because that's not the case for all systems. Um, 95% of all of our systems are what are called a grid tied system. So essentially on a day like today, the sun's out, we're making about three times the amount of power that we need. So we're using one third of it at that time. And then the other two thirds is going back onto the grid. Okay, there's no batteries, there's no storage. Uh, But then you're essentially gaining those credits from the utility company. So then Mm -hmm. when the sun goes down, you're pulling that power back off the grid and you're using those credits. Or if it's a day where it's cloudy outside or something like that, you need to kind of supplement what you're producing off the grid. So that's called a grid tied system. Now, those systems by law have to go down if the grid goes down. And the reason that those systems have to go down is because you've got the guy from OG&E or PSO that's out there working on the line. And if we're providing more electricity than what we need and we're putting it back on the grid, then there's a chance that we're going to, you know, electrocute that line. And so our grid-tied systems, the way that, the, that we install them, about 95% of them, they actually have to go down when the grid goes down. So. I totally got what a lot of people were saying about how you know renewables were causing the issue with with the grid in Texas and even here in Oklahoma, and that's that's just not the case. Um, wind and solar right now, because we don't have um, cost-effective ways of storing that power, like utility-grade storage, is really what we need to be able to fully utilize the renewables. That's the piece that hasn't been introduced yet, and as soon as that is introduced then then they'll definitely be um, uh, the renewable source will actually be something that they can count on at a moment's notice.
1: So when you said the you're talking about the blackouts that we had, the the scheduled blackouts as they were occurring, and then your system has some way of saying, okay, don't send any more power down this line, shut itself off. So it, it basically says if there's no power coming to the house, you can't send any power out from the house. Is that right? That's exactly right. Yes. Cool. Sure. Now, how did that go down with your customers? That existing customers that uh, you know, yeah, there was there was power, but uh, our power bill, you know, was just. Growing, and we still don't even know what our power bills are actually going to be from this event. From what I understand, I mean, people in Texas, it was like seventeen thousand dollars to some of their bills they were getting. So if I knew, you know, because they were saying the Southwest Power Pool during that time on the news, you know, guys, we we know that the power is going to be crazy. You know, like just try to turn down, you know, your electricity usage. If you knew that, and you could just say, now let's do hundred percent solar, or you know. How did that work out? Is that is that going to give them an advantage in a situation like that?
0: It'll it'll definitely provide an advantage. Uh, we're not exactly sure what that's going to look like yet, and it also depends on you know how much snow or ice somebody had on their on their panels. Um, mm-hmm. The good news is is that when the sun's out, it'll actually hit those panels and warm those up and actually melt the ice and snow. Um, off those panels, that'll be the first thing that melts. But, you know, I, I got that email yesterday from OG&E <laughs> saying that, you know, they, they spent a billion dollars in in 10 days on natural gas, which is more than they spent in all of 2020. And, um, you know, the good news for our customers is when our customers were running on solar, right, they weren't pulling anything from the grid. And so the good news about that is, is, that, is that they're not going to be hit with, with those Charges uh, for the times that they were making that power. The also the good news is, is if our customers were overproducing during the day when the sun was out, those credits, right? Those credits are actually caught in kilowatt hours, not in dollar value. Hmm. Okay. So all of our customers that that put additional power back on the grid, right? Maybe even two weeks before. Okay. And then they're using that power. Um, off of the grid. Well, they're using that power off of the grid um, at the kilowatt hour level, not at the dollar level. So our customers, we'll we'll see kind of how this all plays out and how much overproduction we had. Now, unfortunately, you know, February being one of the, you know, colder times of the month and also one of the the shorter um, months of the year, you know, we, we don't produce as much. However, most of our customers actually use less electricity uh, during that time as well.
1: Hmm. Well, it's, it's an interesting concept that I think doesn't get talked about is that, that paying the grid back. And then also it's like, you're offsetting like your carbon footprint and you're offsetting like your, your other expenses that are causing them to have to run these coal plants and all that stuff to get the power. And you're now saying, okay, when it's a really great, nice day, like we're, we're giving that back. I like that fact that it's in the kilowatt hours and so essentially I guess it goes in the 30-day bill so whenever you get your bill at the end of the month it'll say you know okay here's how many total kilowatt hours you spent in that 30-day cycle is that is that kind of how it works yeah so
0: so if you if you think about this the the way that I like to explain it is you know you've seen those pictures of those old like analog meters right where they're spinning Mm -hmm. so um we actually have new meters and they actually don't have the analog spinning wheel in it. But if, if you can picture this, right. If, if we're overproducing that wheel is essentially spinning backwards, right. And that number's counting down. And so, um, you know, for us to be able to, to do that, we size our systems to be able to replace somebody's consumption about 80% over the entire year. Now, you know, we definitely produce better in March and April when it comes to um, looking at somebody's consumption because normally their consumption is lower. But we look at the entire year and we try to get them at about an 80% offset, which is normally the best return on investment for our customers. But yeah, the utility companies right now, they're, they all do it a little differently, but the major utility companies, they look at that billing cycle, okay? And whatever you use versus whatever you put back on the grid, they charge you for for the net of that. And so let's say you you use a a 1,000 kilowatt hours off the grid, you put 800 kilowatt hours back onto the grid, they're only charging you for those 200 kilowatt hours. If you happen to overproduce, right, let's say you use a 1,000 kilowatt hours off the grid, you put 1,200 back on, most of the utilities only give you the avoided cost of what that power was. So whatever it cost them to get that power um, from the, uh, uh, you know, from the producers from the Southwest Power Pool, um, they're only giving you that credit, which is maybe about two and a half, three cents a kilowatt hour.
1: Excellent. So, so, so it's not like you're going to make money when you go on vacation, kind of thing. <laughs> like, like, but, but, yeah. You
0: I, know, there's 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 actually about four or five different type of rate structures in the way that you can do it. We actually have some customers that have really, really large systems and they don't use any of their own power. They take all of their power and they sell it back to the grid and they sell it back at a little bit higher rate than what the avoided cost credit is. Hmm. And so for them, it's it's a money-making opportunity for them. They they took the money, they invested it in the equipment and now they're receiving a check every single month um, from the utility companies. Okay, so but I misunderstood
1: that. So you can, you can make credit above that once you get to a certain Percentage Is that what it is? Or you, you had mentioned if you do if you have 1,000 kilowatt hours, but you generate 1,200 kilowatt hours, that's 200 kilowatt hours extra, but you're only getting basically uh, – what are you getting?
0: Well, so it, it, it all depends on the rate structure, okay? Like the, each of the utility companies have different rate structures. OG&E, for instance, has like four different rate structures that our customers can use. So the one that we recommend the most is what's called net metering, hmm. okay? And that net metering was the situation that I explained. Let's say you, have, you use 1,000 kilowatt hours, you put 1,200 back on the grid, you get the avoided cost credit for 200 kilowatt hours for that month. In um, another situation, the customer that I mentioned that actually does it as a revenue source they take all 1200 kilowatts, put it back onto the grid, and they actually get a higher rate, um, for that power, but they're not, but they're, they're not using that metering. They're not using any of that power. They're just selling all of it back. Just like if they were a power plant.
1: Hmm. That's an interesting concept. And I, I think it's really good for, uh, you know, people to see the meter. Like there's technology that, that, uh, companies have come out with for duplexes that have, you know, one meter box that you can kind of subdivide it without having to contact the power company. Uh, we've, we've had a couple of investors do that in some very old setups where they kind of did a grandfather clause into a triplex or something like that. And it's still on one meter and they were able to subdivide it with some type of device that, that reports it. And then they, they basically bill the, the tenant directly. So, but I think when you can see your kilowatt hour and you get involved in that process, it actually makes you a better, like, smarter user of the power that you do have. Like, our house, I I don't think about it when I turn on a space heater or I turn on, you know, a toaster or an oven and I let it run for four hours, you know, cooking something. Like, I just, it doesn't, like, I, I don't know how to compute that. I just, you know, and so... I'm assuming your system has some type of panel control that, that, is, that is kind of educating uh, the, the homeowner as the month goes on of like what their consumption is. Is that right?
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's, and that's the really cool part. So we have, uh, it's, it's all done through an app on your phone. And so you can literally get notifications of you know, when you're using more power than what you normally do. Um, or if you have overproduced in a particular day, or you hit a new kind of, uh, kind of personal record of, of how low your consumption was or how high uh, your production was. So yeah, you can actually see that um, on, on your phone and it'll, it'll notify you uh, just depending on what you want to kind of hear about and see about. But no, it's, it's definitely made our customers um, be more energy conscious. Hmm. and they they definitely really um will kind of hone how they're using their power just based on the fact that they've now paid for this system and they are producing electricity but they want to get the best return on on their investment so they're so they're cutting their consumption
1: so i know somebody's dying to ask this question i can just like feel it burning in my ears what For those folks that want to go from that 80% to that 100%, right? They're at that 80% and they're like, dude, I can make this happen. And they're like, let's go 100%. What type of things are, make that difference in that 20%? I mean, obviously weather and things like that, but, but like, is it the air conditioner? Is it the temperature you set in the home? Like, What in Oklahoma is an appliance or things you can do inside that house that gets you to that 100% or pretty darn close?
0: Yeah. So most of our customers that have, um, gas heat, um, you know, their, their consumption graph, if you will, right. It it really kind of, you know, looks like a, like a spike. Okay. Um, over the summer months. And so winter months are normally low, um, spring and fall are, are kind of right in the middle. And then really kind of like spikes up in the summer. So what we have to do is we have to design a system that's going to best replace that, okay? And so kind of picture in your mind kind of what our production is. Ours is kind of like a Cheshire moon, right? So it's, it's, a, it's a steady curve, right, um, from the year because the days are longer in the summer, they're shorter in the winter, so therefore we are producing less electricity in the winter, more electricity in the summer. However, our kind of art, right, we don't necessarily want to cover the peak because if we cover the peak, we're really overproducing the rest of those months. And we're only getting the wholesale credit. We're not getting the retail credit. So we really kind of size that to where we get the best overall over the entire year. And that's why I said that we normally design our systems for about a 70 to 80% consumption replacement. The only reason we do that is because that's the best return on the investment for the homeowner. And that's based on the way the rate structures are set up in Oklahoma right now. Um, other states, so like Arkansas, like Missouri, they actually allow you to take that overproduction and roll it over to the next month and the next month and the next month. Hmm. In those states, companies can get to 100% offset. They can get it to where 100% of your electricity is, is, is produced Um, From your own system. So is that something
1: that uh, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden would be uh, like pushing for? Is that is that kind of the direction his administration would go?
0: You know, I I don't know. I I haven't um, I haven't clued in a whole lot about exactly what they're wanting to do. I've heard a few things that are going to kind of affect our industry. And I think that it's going to be there's some things that are going to be positive. There's also some things that are going to be negative. But, um, you know, this is really kind of a state issue uh, of what I'm talking about here, because you've got other states that have already adopted legislation that allows um, the customer to be able to take that power and use it the next month, the next month. Right. Because the question is, so here we are like, at the end of the month. And so who's to say if I overproduce today that I can't use that tomorrow? And like, that's kind of where the the sticking point is, is just because your bill starts and stops on that particular day doesn't mean that those credits shouldn't be able to roll over. So we're we're always kind of thinking through what that looks like for our customers and how Mm. we can kind of get involved at a state level to be able to uh, kind of sit down and kind of come up with a plan that would work for, for everybody, for the utilities, for us, for our customers, to be able to hopefully get to, um at some point in the future a way to be able to allow our customers to roll that over month to month
1: Mm. i recently watched a 60 minutes interview with uh, bill gates uh you can just google it or youtube it it's uh, bill gates 2021 interview um, and he talks that he spends about seven million dollars per year to offset his own personal carbon emissions so, yeah, he flies around on a personal jet and all these different things,, uh, and he understands that he is is using is emitting this carbon. And it's causing all these issues, but he's also making lifestyle choices to offset it. And so in his case, where he's a he's a he's got a huge footprint, traveling around all the time, doing all these projects, he spends seven million dollars on other projects to, to offset it. And I think that type of behavior with uh, tech company CEOs and and just you know, if you're really on the leading edge, like that's setting the stage for the culture in your company, for the culture of of just what your business is about, like st- sustainability, because at the end of the day, like I'm a father myself and I'm looking at my kids growing up into a world that's cool and better and not going to be terrible. Like, And so that's neat to think I'm doing things that may not help me at the moment, but actually would help tomorrow and the next day and, and the future. And, and so it's a really, it's a different way of thinking. Um, so just for those that maybe are going, you know, what kind of monetary cost is this for, you know, your average home in Oklahoma, you know, what are these systems running on average? Like, and and, and what does the, the return on investment time scale look like on average?
0: That's a great question. And, and we get that all of the time. And, you know, like I kind of said in the beginning is that the reason we kind of got into this um, wasn't because we were huge environmentalists, right? It's like we actually kind of did it for for the return. Now, don't get me wrong, I I sleep a whole lot better, and I love getting up knowing that I'm doing something that's good for the environment as well. Um, but really, when it comes down to the dollars and cents of these systems, so our customers are already paying an electric bill. Okay, it's already built into their budget. They already know that they're paying it. Um, they've they're, they're used to kind of writing that check every single month. In most cases, we're able to put somebody into a system that is gonna cost at or below what they're already paying um, to their utility company. And we're able to do that most of the time, 80% of our customers will, will end up financing their systems. And uh, they will do it on a 099 20 year payment program. And so if you look at what that payment is, that payment is normally less than what they're already paying for their electricity. And so when you can look at it and from day one, have, um, have a decrease in your monthly spend, then it really kind of compounds when you think about the fact that, you know, most of our customers don't understand that utility costs nationwide over the last 10 years have gone up 3.4%, okay? Mm. And so most of them don't really kind of under, you know, that's that's kind of inflation. So you're you're kind of used to it. Um, here's a, for instance, if, if your electric bill is $150 a month, okay? Over the next 30 years, and the reason we use a 30 year period is because that's how long our systems will last. All of our systems carry a 25 year warranty, but they'll last for 30 plus years. Wow. Um, in in year 30 at that 3.4% your monthly electric bill is going to be $415 a month so if you take what your total spend on electricity is from now for the next 30 years that's a total of 90 almost $94,000 hmm. and so if you if you take you know that amount of money and say $94,000 what is this going to cost me for putting a system on my home um our average system cost about $25,000.
1: Um, that's much less than I would think. Um, and that's including all the control panels, uh, all the installation, um, and these, I'm assuming, are hail resistant.
0: <laughs> no, so that is so that is definitely one of the biggest questions that we get is like, yeah, good luck in Oklahoma with all the hail and tornadoes and everything else. Sure. And so I, I'm glad that you brought that up because um are they hail proof no i mean if you get these softball baseball size hail stones i mean at, at one point uh i had hail that actually went through my roof and broke the tile on my <laughs> kitchen floor so i mean we've seen some of these like monstrous like grapefruit sized hail before right and so if that hits these panels it's gonna break them okay it just did. sure but yeah. but these solar panels are so, they would a are, meteorite
1: in that case, but yeah
0: that's... yeah well they're well they're engineered okay to withstand one inch hail at fifty mile an hour winds hmm. and the Im, the important fact in that is that's what your roof that's what your asphalt shingled roof is rated your your asphalt shingled roof is rated to be able to take one inch hail at fifty mile an hour winds, and so if your roof is going to be destroyed from hail, why should your solar panels be able to withstand anything greater than that and so um, our racking system can withstand 150 mile an hour winds so if we get one of these straight line winds or one of these gusts that come through mm-hmm. I mean they're we literally we attach it to your to your roofing structure um, we've seen pictures to where tornadoes have blown sections of roofs off of homes and the solar panels were still connected to it um, so that's you know, awesome that's, that, That's kind of the big misconception now we've been installing these for for three and a half years we've installed over 1200 systems all over the state of oklahoma wow and i'm I'm knocking on wood right now but we've not lost one single solar panel to hail uh yet
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, we we know we
0: will it's inevitable and is that
1: something where the insurance company like your your home homeowner's insurance would cover that or like how does that work
0: yeah it does uh so that's awesome with, with with most of our um, with most of our utility companies, we have to send in verification of their insurance policy. Um, not necessarily the specifics of their policy, but just that their insurance company knows that it's insured. Uh, and what we see is, in about half our customers, we actually don't see any premium increase at all. Hmm. Um, in the other half, where there is a premium increase, it's normally about fifty to a hundred dollars per year. So. You know, wow, that's really nothing. Small that's
1: like peanuts. peanuts. Fifty to a hundred dollars per year, so the insurance company's convinced. You know that you're uh, that it's not going to get destroyed either. They, they've seen the proof. They're like. It's not going to get destroyed. What about when you sell, man? How do you how do you you know do you convey them with the house? I mean, they're bolted to the house, right? That, I mean, in in the definition of real estate, right? It's it's fixed to the property, so it should convey. But how do we deal with these finance situations?
0: So that's that's a good question. Um, you know, the the one thing that a lot of people um, don't think through is the fact that uh, these systems actually will. Nationally, increased the property value about 4.1 percent. There was a study done in 2018 of that's great um, of 12.8 million homes that had solar panels on them and kind of um, looked at what the what the added value was for that. So, you know, even at 4.1 percent of the value of the home, most of the time that's not going to fully cover it. Um, however, if you've been in your home for five years or so, right. Um, then, then you're going to, you're going to get the natural
1: appreciation. You know, I, the perfect situation I see this for is there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, and if you haven't refinanced yet and you have, I think, uh, one of our lenders said four and a quarter, I think is what now if you have a four and a quarter or higher interest rate currently you still it still benefits you to refinance now that's changing very quickly as the rates we have had seven increases over the last month february has been brutal but um if you if you're like man dude it sucks like i can't find any house for sale and like they're so expensive now and you're thinking let let me refi the the values like i just got an appraisal today like Listed at 225, right? We bid the thing up to like 240, and then we guaranteed I think it was five or eight thousand dollars in cash above appraised price, uh, which now they're going. I mean, we're going like ten thousand dollars above appraised price in our negotiations. It's getting you know silly, but the the thing actually appraised for 240, like. 90 days ago, or two months ago, when they were sitting down at the listing presentation, the agent told them, according to market comparables, this property is max worth two twenty five. dollars And then 60 days later, we have a licensed appraiser walking through the house appraising it at $245,000. And, you know, so... In other words, refinance your house. If you're on the or the edge, like a lot of these lenders are just eating the cost that are refi. And if you don't have one that is, I have one that will. Um, and give me, you know, connect with us. You know, we'll get you connected on a refi. But that gets you $25,000 in cash is not uncommon. And now if you're not moving, you can put a system, you can just pay cash for these systems, put it on your house. And now the next five years, you got, you know, very little electricity bill and you're You're saving the planet and you're cool. Like that's cool to have a solar panel on your house. Okay. That's, that's something where if you drive a Tesla or, you know, Ford's got electric cars now, the thought that you would pull your car into your drive, you would charge it off your solar panels. Then you would drive around for the weeks in some cases, depending on how far your commute is and and, in grocery shopping and all of it occurred without the need of outside help. Like that's a cool thought. You know, so I don't know, I, I, before I get too fired up on that, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely a good option. Um, uh, JW, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Is there anything that I may have missed here? That's just interesting about what it is that you guys do?
0: Well, you know, one thing that, that people, uh, kind of look, look over or don't know right now is actually, if you install a system, uh, this year, there's a 26% federal tax credit. So so not only are you able to, you know, take advantage of, you know, a 099 financing, if you were to finance with us, we also have another lender that will that will help do refinance and be able to pull that out to, uh, to purchase that system. But yeah, but you get a 26% federal tax credit for these systems. And so, I mean, that's, that's big money, you know, one, one fourth of that just straight off the top and uh, kind of straight back into your pocket, as long as you've as long as you have the the tax liability, so mm. that's huge, and that's all yeah, in
1: that. that one year, right? It's it, it it can't it can't roll over into the next years, right? You
0: can you you can roll it over into uh, up to five years.
1: Oh, pfft. all yeah. right. If you're listening to the show and you don't pay over a, a five year period more than $25,000 in taxes. Like, you need to call me and let's figure this out. <laughs> like, dude, it's 2021. Like, I know a lot of people are laid off and all that stuff. And I and I totally humbly respect that. But like, let's get to work, man. There is a lot of money flowing into the country. I mean, look at the bond. The bond market is exploding with belief in the United States. It's probably it's a lot of the reason why the stock market's kind of kind of dwindling down. The bond market's high. It's causing the mortgage rates to go back up. Like, there's a lot of belief in the future of America, um, just internationally. Uh, we just do cool stuff. We, we're into it. And um, cool. Yeah. So again, for those that are into this, and you know you are because you're still here listening, Bill Gates, 2021, YouTube it. I don't care what you believe about the anti-vaccinations and all that stuff. It doesn't matter. The Bill Gates is a smart dude, and he reads a lot of books, and he's just like you know, Google this own stuff, like get into this, like double check it. But that interview on 60 minutes will open your eyes to kind of what's going on and why we are truly at that precipice of where technology and innovation and this way of thinking that says, man, dude, like I can't keep blasting through, you know, a 30 pack of, of, $3, you know, plastic water bottles, you know, every week and 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 all this plastic cup everywhere and all these just disposable stuff and expect that not to catch back up to us at some point. And that point is getting here. Like it's happening. Like it, it is what it is. And so we got to make a difference. I'm already looking at Tesla as my next car. I for those remember my rant on Tesla I rented one for a week uh, and I it was a 2018, and and I hate I kind of hated it. But um, now I think the newer models, and I've watched a lot of what uh, you know Elon Musk is doing with the Model Y, the new production. They've learned how to scale it just like what JW is talking about is like, it's really hard to go, you know, you can have superior product, but then when you try to scale it, like it's, it, it can be tough. And that's what they've overcome. They're like 1200 units in at this point and, and still maintaining high quality. Same thing with these electric car manufacturers. They're getting to that pivotal point where they're getting it, they're scaling it and it's working. And so we're right at that transition where I do believe in 10 years, Nine ninety percent of all brand new cars will be electric. Firm believer in that. And that, how cool is that to plug it into an electric house? That, I mean, that's that's really cool. Well, we we just finished
0: our uh, Tesla certification, so we're actually certified to install Tesla charging stations, Tesla power walls, and uh, and all that. So yeah, so we we're installing probably about four Tesla charging stations a week right now. <laughs> it's 84. all you know
1: in Central Oklahoma
0: yeah Uh, well i mean we we travel all over the state but yeah i mean we're we're probably doing probably four charters a week
1: we got the we got the uh general manager of the tesla store he's coming up on the show and like three weeks, he had to get uh, Elon to sign off on it. or so, It probably wasn't Elon, but somebody had to sign off on it. But uh, no, he's coming on the show. We're going to do a tour through their new store, um, check out. I mean, Oklahoma City getting a Tesla store, like pff, new Tesla store opening up, um, you know, and they're they're going to be doing a lot of, they don't really do marketing. Like Tesla's not into, to, you're not going to see billboards and that kind of thing. They just believe that you create a superior product and people will talk about it and that's how you sell it. So look 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 for that that interview, uh, probably episode, like maybe even episode 100, somewhere along that time, uh, which would be cool. I would totally be open to doing Tesla Oklahoma City for episode 100. That's exciting to me. Uh, JW, I got a jet here. We, We both have a busy day ahead of us. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to meet with me.
0: Man, glad to do it. Thanks for having me. You bet. For more information and to listen or watch online, visit okrealestateshow.com.